swinging a ball, cracked it down the left field line, toward the wall, and gone! He snuck it around the foul pole. Henry Davis takes Craig Kimbrell deep in the eighth inning. And this crowd is stunned. The Pirates have tied the game at two. And the Pirates fans who have made their way here out east are loving it. Less than a week from today, the Pirates will open their spring training schedule. A 105 first pitch against Minnesota on Saturday. A 105 first pitch against Baltimore on Sunday. I believe you can hear both of those games. Right here on 93.7 The Fan, you can also listen on your Odyssey app. That was Henry Davis hitting his last home run of the season in 2023. Davis finished with seven home runs in 62 games, playing mostly in right field for the Buccos. We're going to discuss him A lot as we get close to the season because of something that former Pirates catcher Michael McHenry said last week that made some airwaves. The over-under right now for the Buccos set at 75 and a half wins. So basically where they finished last season, a 76 and 86 record in 2023. Vegas telling you we think they'll be about the same. You bet the over on that. If they finish with the exact same record, you're a winner. You bet the under on that. You think they will be worse than what they did in 2023. Donnie, football with you here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan until 6 o'clock, filling in for Andrew Filipponi and Chris Muller, taking off for the President's Day holiday. We'll have some presidential fun later on in the show. Austin Beck told behind the glass with me this afternoon. Austin, where where would you have it right now? You're you're making a bet, you're making a wager, Pirates over under 75 and a half wins. I'm going to guess you're on the optimistic side like I usually am. Do you think this team will be better or worse than where they finished in 2023? I think they're going to be better, and a big reason why is the core of this team is now all here, and they were not in April or May or June, and for a good portion of July. Now, Andy Rodriguez is not playing, but you would imagine Henry Davis should start the year in the major leagues to begin, plus having Mitch Keller for another year and the way that he played last year and the way he pitched into an all-star game. I have the over. 75 and a half. I think 80, 81 potentially could be the number right now. If they want to be a winning team, they need to go out and get another starting pitcher. This Edward Cabrera trade needs to happen. Not Domingo Herman and kind of crossing your fingers that he's going to work out. It's Mitch Keller. You hope Paul Skeens is ready by the beginning of June, if not mid-May. And that's about it for the rotation. The bullpen could be top five in baseball, but if you can't get the ball to them with a lead, what does it matter? I'm really concerned about where their rotation is right now. You have so from the the guys that started the season in 2023, the one through five, Mitch Keller, he's going to be the ace as we go into the season. He started 32 games. Uh, ERA did jump up there a little bit into the low fours as the season went on, but all in all, I think you come away from Mitch Keller in 2023. Uh, 
happy with what he was able to accomplish. Just under 200 innings pitched, the most that he's thrown in his career. Uh, 13-9 and record, 210 strikeouts. We haven't seen that from a Pirates pitcher in quite some time, and he had just 55 walks. The number two last year, Johan Oviedo. Record doesn't look good, not that that matters all that much. ERA, just a little bit higher than what Kellers was. Same amount of starts, uh, 177 and two-thirds innings. Oviedo was a guy that either went out there and for six or seven innings, sometimes more, gave up zero, one, or two runs, or he kind of got blown up on. His starts were all over the place, but all in all, I took away from what a 24, 25-year-old guy could do is, okay, this guy should have a spot next season in this rotation. He's out for the year. Tommy John surgery. Rich Hill was the number three, 43 years old entering last year. He did what he did. Basically was that lefty veteran that could be crafty. He could start about 20 games for them. He started 22. He was that Tyler Anderson, Jose Quintana type guy. They dealt him at the deadline they got back what they were able to get back for him the four and five last year I think going into 2023 people were very optimistic about Luis Ortiz and Rowanzi Contreras complete opposite of that entering 2024 there's one guy in this rotation right now that was here this time last year and that's Mitch Keller Like Ortiz, I'm sure he'll get his starts in. Maybe Contreras gets back into it. Ortiz only started 15 games. Contreras started 11. Uh, He really blew up in those starts. Had an ERA over 6.5. They tried him out of the bullpen. It didn't really work out. Listen to some of the guys that started games last year. Now, Quinn Priester started eight games. You hope that he looks better than what he did uh, in his eight starts. His ERA was up over 7.7. It was not pretty what we got from Quinn Priester. Andre Jackson started seven games. Osvaldo Beto started nine games. Vince Velasquez started eight games. Didn't look half bad. Velasquez was good before he had Tommy John surgery. But again, Tommy John surgery. They lost JT Brubaker at Tommy John surgery. He's really not even in the mix. Maybe Maybe a mid to late season return for him. Uh, Bailey Falter, who technically you could say is in the rotation this year. He started seven games, but more of a an opener type guy. So yeah, I, I have I have a lot of concern with the starting rotation. You have Keller, who you hope is really close to he doesn't have to be that first half player from last year you hope he could at least be close to that you have Brubaker and Oviedo on the shelf who knows what's going on with Ortiz and Contreras by the time we get to opening day Marco Gonzalez Martin Perez they're going to be the lefty innings eaters and depending on how things go are they even on this roster in late July around the deadline Quinn Priester, you have to hope, looks better than last year. I mean, if he looks worse than last year, I got some bad news for you. And then eventually we're going to get Paul Skeens. Maybe by June. Yeah, mid-May. Like my, like my, my, my personal hope, 
my internal Pirates fan hope is we see Paul Skeens by June. I'm not going to make the push of he should he has to be on the roster opening day or he has to be out there by early May. I would love that. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to start to get annoyed if we get into the month of June and this guy ain't up here. I'd say probably an 80% chance that he is by the middle of June. June 15th, let's benchmark it, that he would be up here, barring an injury or any unforeseen circumstances. If he's pitching like the way that we think that he's capable of, I can't imagine with Super 2, extra year of club control, that he wouldn't be up at that point. I do agree with you, though, on the bullpen, because I, I know that their plan, or their expected plan, this is something I've talked to uh, Jason Mackey about, Pirates Insider from the Post-Gazette, their plan is basically get us through five innings and let the bullpen take care of it. Like, they want to try to replicate the shark tank from a decade ago. I don't – listen, I'm not going to say they're going to reach those levels because that was a hell of a bullpen that they had in its heyday with Tony Watson, Mark Melanson, Jason Grilly. It was the best in baseball. Ball game was over if you got to the seventh inning and you were losing to the Pirates. Like, that's why they ended up being so good – for that three-year stretch. Now, some of those parts moved around a little bit, but for the most part, those three guys had a lot of say in it. Right now, Holderman, Chapman, Bednar, you could do worse in the back end of your bullpen. I don't know who that sixth-inning guy would be. Carmen Majinski. But I, I think right now their plan absolutely hit five innings and let these guys take care of it. We'll take our chances with... Holderman, Chapman, Bednar. And that's not saying that they're going to cap Mitch Keller if he's pitching a shutout in the fifth inning and just get it off to the bullpen as well. Like You can keep going, but that that's more likely the guys Marco Gonzalez, Martin Perez, eat some innings for us, pitch well, kind of like how Rich Hill was until he got traded at the deadline. Obviously a little bit better results than what the Pirates are hoping for, but they had two starters all throughout September and parts of August last year. It was Keller and Oviedo. How about Oviedo? He had 15 games in which he allowed one run or fewer. I knew he had a lot of games where he he allowed very few runs. I, I, I like the guy. I was, I was pretty upset seeing that he was going to be on the shelf. I mean, yeah, is he going to win any Cy Young Awards? No. I mean, not that we've seen that in this city in the last 30 years, but very reliable, like, middle-of-the-rotation guy, he absolutely could be that. Like, if their top of the rotation was, hypothetically, which it could be this time next year, Skeens, Keller, Oviedo, I don't think that's I don't think that's all that bad. That's solid. Oviedo could be a three. And Oviedo's still only in his mid-20s. He's 25 years old. Uh, my other concern, I, I wanted to get back to what Michael McHenry said. Austin, the the implication, not saying that it would happen, but the implication that we could see Henry Davis start the year in AAA, I think that would be a huge mistake made by the organization. I'd be stunned by it, but by the way that McHenry and other people who are informed in Bradenton right now are saying it, it, it is a, it's a possibility. And signing us Ronnie Grundahl, we know how much the Pirates like Jason DeLay. And that's another thing that plays into a a factor here. They would not assign Grundahl if not for the injury to Andy Rodriguez. Henry Davis is good enough as a hitter. He's probably their best bat at the catcher position by far. If he's plays to his potential, and what we've seen at times last year, hitting two home runs off Otani in LA, he can be a middle-of-the-order bat. And if he's hitting like that in spring training with like a 350 or 300 average, whatever, 
it would be very hard for the Pirates to be able to do that, but they're going to prioritize his defense. They loved it with Austin Hedges. That's why they kept him in the lineup. They didn't care about his offensive production. Will the same apply for Davis if he can't catch and catch well? I, see, here, here's the thing. We, we we hear the stories. We hear like, oh, they have a lack of faith in Davis at 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 catcher. I haven't seen anything. I have not seen video evidence of this guy being terrible defensively behind no. the plate. That's what I want to see, and I want to see it at the major league level. Like, don't piss around in AAA and in Indianapolis to see if this guy can hack it as a catcher. He was a 1-1 pick. Bring him up here, or keep him up here, I should say. If you want to have him catch, let him catch. And I want to see him fail in real game speed at the major league level. Like, if it looks like a kid in middle school back there, he can't handle a ball with with any sort of movement or speed or whatever, if the pitch framing is terrible whatever, I want to see the guy actually fail at that position before we just rule out him having any shot. And I don't want them to waste time with him in AAA because, like you said, absolutely a middle-of-the-order bat. He should be their four or five hitter. If this guy was so bad at catching the baseball, why was he the number one overall pick? How was this not something that was documented? Obviously, they took him more so because of the bat, but there was no indication they were planning on moving him off the position. And right field didn't go too well. He's got a cannon of an arm out there, but, man, fielding with the Clemente wall out there didn't look pretty. And that that's a killer for your scouting department. Like, that makes them look awful. You had a selection of literally any player you wanted. You were the first overall pick in the draft. And I understand that wasn't a year like we just had where it was basically you pick one of two guys – and you're going to get your flowers, whether it was Skeens or Dylan Cruz. So they pick Henry Davis, maybe a bit of a surprise, because I believe that was the Jack Leiter year too, right? Yeah, Marcelo Meyer, yeah, the Red there, Sox. There, there were a couple of like high school like shortstops and outfielders in the mix there. They picked a catcher that played college baseball who should have been on a pretty fast track to get up here, and now they're afraid to play him at the position. Like, I... I think it's a, a terrible look all around if the dude starts in AAA. I like to think that that's just sort of a speculation type thing and they get it figured out by the time we do hit late March and they open up against the Marlins because this dude has to be in the middle of your batting order. We're going to keep this conversation going and you can join in too. 412 are you excited for Pirates baseball? The Buccos start spring training games on Saturday against the Twins at 105. Can this team be better than last season? Will this team be better than last season? What has you optimistic, if anything? 412-928-9370. That's also the fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder & Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Now, it's time for an Austin Bechtold fan headline. 
Pitt basketball has won five games in a row. It's the best winning streak of anybody in the ACC. And a big game tomorrow against Wake Forest. 9 o'clock. You can hear it right here on 93.7 The Fan. Our coverage begins at 8.30. You can also hear it on your Odyssey app. ESPN bracketologist Joe Lenardi has the Panthers in the next four out category in his bracket projections. Wake Forest is the first team left out of the field of 68. And Blake Hinston was named Naismith College Basketball Player of the Week. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com. Hey guys, Chris Muller here, and you've heard me talk a lot about Awaken 180 weight loss. For good reason, too. It changed my life. I lost 35 pounds in six weeks on the program, and thanks to the free coaching that you get for life, even after you reach your goal weight, I've kept that weight off. You've also heard me talking a lot about some of the side effects, potential side effects from weight loss medications, and they're really negative. But I want to focus on the positive side effects today that you get. I don't even want to call them side effects. They're like life effects with Awaken 180. Increased confidence, restful sleep, better mobility, better energy. That's what happens when you make the full lifestyle change that Awaken 180 created for me. Uh, You just feel way better. You have way more confidence in yourself, and you know that you're allowed to eat a little cheat meal once in a while because you're going to get right back on track and get back into those healthy habits that you work so hard to create. If you want that long-term, truly long-term solution for weight loss, give them a call. 844-346-1800 or schedule your consultation at awaken180weightloss.com. 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge on Route 19 in Peters Township celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. I missed that one by, uh, by about 25 minutes, but I had to make up for it. For my guy, City Limits. It's Donnie Football with you here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan until 6 o'clock. And for the guys this afternoon, the Great American Race. Supposed to be beginning in about an hour from now. The Daytona 500. We'll talk about that a little bit in a few minutes. Right now, talking about your Pittsburgh Pirates. They open up the spring training schedule. On Saturday afternoon against the Minnesota Twins. Vegas has the odds set for the Pirates win-loss total at 75 and a half. Will they be better or worse than last season? If they reach that number, basically the same. They won 76 games last year. They went 76 and 86. After two seasons of losing 100-plus games and winning in the low 60s, 62 and 100, 61 and 101, a 14-game improvement last year for the Buckos. Austin, something else that we didn't even talk about a few minutes ago. This team should be getting more than nine games from perhaps their most electric player in 2024 we got 40 plate appearances from O'Neill Cruz last season and they still had a 14 win improvement now you can have your worries about the the rotation I absolutely do you can have your worries elsewhere but if you get a full season from your most exciting player I think you have to at least be a little bit optimistic about that there were sincere talks going into last year that O'Neill Cruz could be a 30-30 guy. There was the talk of maybe even a 40-40 season, which is basically Ronald Acuna numbers from last year. 
MVP type of season. He has the type of impact where it changes maybe five games where he hits a big home run in the eighth inning that you don't expect in a one-run ball game to tie it up or a two-run home run to win it, even in the sixth inning, whatever it might be, and use his speed to go first to third with one out and you get a sacrifice fly. There's a lot of different things that he brings to the table that we're missing. Now, you could also say on the flip side, defensively, how great is he going to be? I'd rather just project the bat and see how great that's going to be potentially for the Pirates this year because he's maybe going to hit leadoff, maybe fourth in the lineup. He's going to be their best offensive player, and it was completely lost last year in a team that was eh, okay offensively. Well, it's funny, too, whenever we just get done talking about Henry Davis, who they wanted to experiment with in right field because they're worried about him playing at the position that he's played at for a while. They wanted to do the same thing with O'Neill Cruz. This time over the last few years, oh, O'Neill Cruz can't play shortstop. He's too long and gangly and lanky. Like he can't he can't play at short. He can't play in the infield. We have to put him in the outfield. Now we don't hear any of that Not because he played at short. And believe it or not, he didn't fail, even though we were all projecting that this guy would not be able to do it at the major league level. Not only did he not fail, he made some huge highlight plays. Now, I don't see what is so wrong about having the world's tallest shortstop at that position because you want somebody there that has the ability to cover a lot of ground, has a lot of range. Not many would be able to do it better than this guy no not at all and the tools are obviously what stands out for him you don't hear anything about the outfield and it's partly because and now we're not saying that he's a great defender and he might never be a great defender he can be a little bit wild with just picking the ball and the way that he's throwing it over to first base not Pedro Alvarez though on the left side of the infield he just brings a star factor to the team that really nobody else does. Andrew McCutcheon's not in his prime anymore. He's notable, probably the most notable player of anybody else on the team. But by the end of the season this year, if O'Neill Cruz plays the way that so many of us think he can, he's going to be that guy. I think Cruz can easily be a 20-20 type player. I think he could actually reach that 30-30 threshold. I, I really can. I think he's that electric of a player. He's also the type of player that gets fans interested in going to the ballpark because you he's the type of athlete that you'll watch on TV and you'll think if you're a a big Pirates fan or maybe just a big baseball fan because we know in baseball one of the beauties of the the summer game is that people travel all over they take road trips to see different teams in different cities different stadiums he's the type of player that the Pirates have not had in a while really since McCutcheon in his prime, like you say, I want to be able to see that guy in person because he does some things that normal athletes are not supposed to be able to do. Like he is the easy can turn a single into a double. He's the easy go first to third. Uh, He's easily somebody who can uh, move around on the bases and he can also hit the baseball 450 feet. Almost 500 in batting practice. He just needs to learn how to slide and he'll be able to protect himself better. He's the type of guy that sells tickets, sells merchandise, sells gear, just obviously good for the Pirates. I would not be surprised, Donnie, if he makes the All-Star team, and if he's a guy where we reach the point at the end of the year where we're talking about extension for O'Neal Cruz, kind of how Brian Reynolds got done last year, Brian Hayes the year before. This is supposed to be the spring of Mitch Keller, 
there hasn't been any talks in the last couple of days that potentially that might be an option. But Cruz is logically the next guy in line for that. It's like the volcano that's ready to erupt. We've been told about it. We know what's potentially happening. We're planning for it. It just needs to actually happen at this point. Yeah, you got to take your shot here with this kid. Like, you got a guy that's 24 years old, and you got him in a deal with the Dodgers uh, from a few years ago, and we hear people bitch and moan and complain about the the prospects that they always bring in. Uh, my my father being one of them. Like, that generation, I don't know how, how your father always views it, but they always hear prospects in return on a trade, and they just get bummed out. Oh, when will any of these guys ever pan out? Well, here's one right here who maybe that immediate trade, you didn't really know who O'Neill Cruz was, and now here we are a few seasons later, and he's the most electrifying player that this team can put in their lineup. I mean, he's without he's got to be the one or two hitter right. in the lineup, and he's a reason why people will actually find the Pirates relevant and optimistic in 2024. Brian Reynolds will probably hit second. You might see Cruz lead off, maybe McCutcheon third. But but I mean, you're right. He's somebody who can help bring a national spotlight and some national attention to Pittsburgh, which has not been seen here since, what, maybe 2018, the last time that they were over 500, at least since 2015, if not that. See, I I wouldn't like Kutch hitting third. I I think that's too too high in the lineup for him. I, I I would have him down at like number six, if you ask me, because he he can still get on base at a very good rate. He walked a ton last year. McCutcheon walked seventy five times last season. He only struck out a hundred times. That that's a a pretty favorable rate for any major league hitter. Like he's still was getting on base a lot, a three seventy eight on base percentage. Yeah, that's why. I, I, I would put him a little bit lower down just because I, I think you can have a promising top half of the lineup. Like, you start with Cruz, Reynolds batting second. Then I would go with, uh, honestly, I would go with Q. Brian Hayes third. Uh, you can maybe maybe switch this around, but... I like someone like Henry Davis in a cleanup spot. That's how much I think his bat can be. Cleanup spot in Indianapolis. Then you go Sawinski, number five, then Kutch, then my buddy Rowdy Telez. Let's get Rowdy. The big first baseman. Then with the eight and nine spot, you can roll with, uh, if you start Davis in right field, I mean, I don't know wh- which way we want to look at this. But either like a Connor Joe, if he's the right fielder, Ugh. if we're assuming that uh, Davis is the catcher, you got our, got Josh Palacios still out there. They don't have a right fielder. In right field. Well, it's funny because you pull up their depth chart and they have like seven guys listed. And if they move. Despite not having a set player out there. They move Sawinski to right, then they don't have a center fielder. So they are missing one significant piece in the outfield. And then I think you round it out with whoever's at second base. Because you got like three guys there too. You got Pagaro, you have G1 Bay, and you have Gonzalez. Probably Pagaro. He's gonna end up being the guy at that spot. But yeah, I mean, I- I'm I'm glad that Kutch is back. I mean, his return last year was awesome. Like one of those special moments in sports. Like the dude finally came back home and will hopefully finish out his career in Pittsburgh. But 
I wouldn't be too inspired if we had a 36-year-old just chilling at number three in the lineup. Now, maybe every so often, I don't know, depending on how things can get jumbled up and you get your Sunday lineups. Uh, We know Derek Shelton loves to move the lineup around. Maybe it's because he doesn't have the guys that at least didn't last year or the year before that that he thinks can considerably stick in certain spots other than Reynolds, but they move guys around so frequently. I mean, I think think you want to try to roll with some consistency because, I mean, we we can see what happens when – like, guys are always moving around. Like, athletes are creatures of habit. Baseball players, as much as any of them. I mean, don't just flip-flop everything the the way the lineup is. 412-928-9370 if you want to join the conversation. Twitter, brought to you by South Hills Kia in Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. Coming up next, the Great American Race. 30 to 60 minutes away. I'm not sure. I know they've had some weather concerns in Daytona. So it's in between that time span when things will get started down in Daytona, the 500, in a little bit. We'll dive into that. Who do we like in the Daytona 500? Austin and I will give a couple names for you. 412-928-9370 if you want to join the conversation. It's Donnie Football here on 93.7 The Fan, but right now, In Austin City Limits, fan headline. Blake Henson has been named ACC Player of the Week, including National Player of the Week for the Pitt Panthers. Winners of five games in a row. Tied for fourth place in the ACC with Wake Forest. That's the opponent tomorrow for Pitt. Nine o'clock in Winston-Salem. 8.30 is when our coverage begins right here on 93.7 The Fan. And you can also listen to it on your Odyssey app. After the Penguins 2-1 loss yesterday to the LA Kings honoring Yarmir Yager, Pens are still 7th in the Metro. It's 10 points out of 3rd place Philadelphia for the last playoff spot in the division, 7 points out of a wild card spot. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more, go to 937thefan.com. Hey, it's Andrew Filippone for the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner of 93.7 The Fan, the official betting partner of the NBA. So now that the football season has officially ended, it's time to take a look at Pro Hoops. And right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. And all you have to do is get the bet right. It can be something as simple as a big favorite to win, On the money line, Boston, for example, the Celtics have had such a great season. They're in a matchup against a team they're clearly better than at home. Bet five bucks on them to win the game. They probably will. And then you'll get $150 in bonus bets coming your way. That's part of what makes FanDuel so great, giving you opportunities to make uh, quick bets and get quick cash. FanDuel.com slash Andrew and shoot your shot today. 21 plus and present NPA. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is now withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms. Sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, Chris Muller here, and let's talk about some facts. Here's one. No other car brand is giving you more value for your money than Mitsubishi. That's why you've got to head right now to Shorky Mitsubishi for their President's Day event. The deals are going to help keep more of your presidents in your pocket. 
Like on popular Outlanders, I'm driving one right now, seven passenger capable, all wheel drive. You know I love it. Two ninety nine a month or finance at zero percent for sixty months. Or you can go electric. I've also driven this one and save up to five thousand dollars on the Outlander hybrid. They've got Eclipse crosses as well, two ninety nine a month or one point nine percent financing for sixty months. So many other great deals, and you're still getting that ten year hundred thousand mile warranty. And Shorky Mitsubishi is gonna throw in two years of prepaid maintenance on every twenty twenty four month model right now is the time grab your trade and swap keys get your deal your way what a great day just in time for spring president's day savings all month long on the area's best mitsubishi inventory and you can always shop online at shortkeymitsubishi.com it's the pm team neither p or m are in the building they are celebrating the president's day holiday in style we will have some fun presidential talk in the five o'clock hour don't worry nothing newsy just fun a little bit of presidential trivia as well i will quiz austin city limits on presidential trivia 412-928-9370 if you want to join the conversation uh we had a postponement yesterday In the world of NASCAR, something always a little bit worrisome when you get around to Daytona 500 day. Uh, Bad weather in Daytona. Uh, Those guys cannot safely do their jobs in a downpour. Uh, Although, I think NASCAR more than any other sport, Austin, it's NASCAR and it's competitive eating that people watch and most will say, it's like the sports that you'll get most of, oh, I could do that. That's not too hard. (laughs) I don't think I can eat 75 or 79 hot dogs like Joey Chestnut. Yeah, like some some people, they'll have like a drunken 4th of July where they eat like seven hot dogs and they think that they're the next Joey Chestnut over like a five-hour span. Meanwhile, that dude just ate 10 times the amount in 10 minutes. Or you see Yager say he was going 120 with all the speeding tickets he got and might be able to join NASCAR. Yeah. Like, oh, man, all they do is turn left. I could do that. It's not too hard. Meanwhile, these guys are driving 200 miles per hour, and they are like six inches away from each other. Like, listen, buddy, you're driving down 376, and it's not a lot of traffic, and you're you're hitting it at like 70 and I'm sure you're really revved up. Not the same. Not the same at all. Plus, I wonder if these guys would all slow down to like 25 if they saw a tunnel somewhere on the track. Yeah, you're not on Antonio Brown on McKnight Road over here. So the race expected to start between 4 and 4.30 today. Uh, the Rock is the Grand Marshal. You know I'm a Rock guy. Austin from his professional wrestling days. Speaking of presidents, uh, it's been a a hot take of mine for quite a while now. That man will be in office one day. There will be a day, Austin, where our options for president will not be guys that are as old as your grandfather. You know, I would say there's no chance of that, but I don't even know what you can predict with presidents anymore. Hey, I mean, DJT opened up the door. Now now anybody can, can kick it down and get in there. Anyway, Daytona 500, less than an hour away. I know that people don't always enjoy watching it on television. 
like I said, a very easy sport for people to hate on. Austin, I don't know how much you follow it. If you watch the 500 and maybe nothing else, I think that's the common thing for people to do. If they do watch any race, it's going to be the Daytona 500, and then that's that. I'll try to watch a couple more races than I do like the year prior, almost like a goal I set, but it also gets tough for me because their playoffs are right in the middle of the NFL season. I'm not giving up an NFL Sunday to watch NASCAR. I'm sorry. I'm just not doing it. It's just not that interesting to me. It's so, just not. You I, know, I, I'd, I'd rather watch a Fast and Furious movie than watch all kind of racing during the year. Yeah, well, Lord knows they've made like 25 of those, so you can take your choice. Another one's coming. Uh, which The Rock, again, also very heavily involved in. Maybe that's why he, he wants to be at Daytona today. I get that watching on TV can get boring. Something that you throw on on a Sunday afternoon in the late winter, early spring. Maybe you doze off for a couple of hours on the couch. You wake up. Hey, the race is almost over. Now it's going to start to get good. Going to a race is awesome. If you ever get the opportunity to do that, Austin, or anybody out there listening, I highly recommend it. It's not overly expensive, at least in my experience. I don't know what Daytona will cost you because that is the race. I mean, this is their Super Bowl. Not overly expensive. The tailgating is almost unmatched. They let you bring your beer into the venue. They let you bring a cooler in there. Incredulent. It is. It's hard to beat. I've gone a few times with the Nasty Boys. Awesome experience. But the 500 is a pretty good watch for people. It's unpredictable. It's wild. I saw a tweet earlier today. This coming from NASCAR man on Twitter, Austin, a guy with 34,000 followers. In the last seven years, an average of 78% of the cars in the Daytona 500 are involved in crashes. We know, similar to the sport of hockey, people like to see fights. In NASCAR, people like to see wrecks. And that's what you get. 30 out of the 40 cars last year, 27 out of 40 the year before, 30 the year before that, 33, 36 cars in 2019. So in the last five years of the Daytona 500 in the 40-car field, the minimum amount of cars that have been involved in a crash by the time they get to the end of that 500 miles is 27 cars. So you see action because being that it's the Super Bowl of the sport, you have some guys out there who this might be the only race they, they do all season. Might be one of only three or four. And if you're in a position to pretty much take your shot, you go for it. If it results in a wreck, it results in a wreck. But it's like the race that guys have to go for. If they never win another race again, if they win the Daytona 500, doesn't matter. They will be remembered forever as somebody who won at Daytona. I mean, Richard Petty won the thing seven times. Denny Hamlin's won it three times. He's going for four today. So, who do I have a few bucks on today? I did I did pick 
a couple of guys because, again, it's a 40-car field. I don't know if you have this pulled up in front of you. I have some Austin. of it. Now, Denny Hamlin, he's the favorite. It was Joey Logano before yesterday. Hamlin has hopped him because Hamlin going for his fourth win at Daytona. He won back-to-back in 2019 and 2020. He is the favorite, right around plus 800 or so around the board. Ryan Blaney, he won the cup last year. He's around 1,100 to 1,200. But I I took some advice. So Colin, Colin Dunlap, his son Declan, a huge NASCAR follower, a huge racing follower. So I do always hit up Colin when it comes to some Daytona 500 thoughts or just any other race like, hey, who does Declan like this week? I know he follows it religiously. He has his own podcast that he puts on YouTube. Colin texted me a couple of days ago and said, Declan really likes Corey LaJoy this week. Corey LaJoy, you can bet on him to win plus 5,000. I said, all right, what the heck? I have no idea who that is. You throw five bucks on the guy. You're pulling in 250 bucks. Uh, Ross, the boss, Chastain, I, I, I'll put a few bucks on him. Uh, he won a, a, a multiple races last year. So the, the three I went with, I did go with Hamlin, the betting favorite, Corey LaJoy, and Ross Chastain. I'll pick like three out of the 40, knock it out ahead of myself. Colin also said that Declan likes Eric Jones to finish in the top 10. So I did that. Doesn't like him to win, but he likes a top 10 finish there. But you get some random guys to win this thing. It's not always just the best driver. It's guys you've heard of, but like Michael McDowell won in 2021. Didn't have much business doing so. Austin Sindrick won in 2022. He's been an okay driver. What about Kyle Busch? Kyle Busch? I'm scrolling back Has here. He I don't, I don't think all? he's ever won. Kurt Busch won. He's got decent odds this year. Kurt Busch won in 2017. Kyle Busch always has good odds when it comes to these. But, yeah, Kurt Busch won in 2017. Kyle Busch has never won. And Earnhardt Sr. only had one victory. It took him forever to win, and he won in 1998. And then, obviously, his his death three years later, Dale Jr. has won the race twice. But don't get that confused either because number three, a much, much better driver than the number eight was. Well, if you're picking somebody, who are you going with? I'll pick Kyle Busch. Get over the hump. All righty. I, like, I mean, he's always... He's always in the mix of it. He's I don't even have it in front of me. I'm sure he's starting very high up. So Austin likes Kyle Bush to win his first Daytona five hundred. We'll see if it happens, buddy. Four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero. Coming up next, Brian Batko, Steelers Insider from the Post Gazette, gonna join us for a few minutes. But first, fan weather. Brought to you by Sun Chevy. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. Sunny today, high of 41. Tonight, clear. 
Low of 25. It's Donnie Football with you here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Chris Muller here for the Bath Authority. And I want to talk to the people out there right now who've got the old, outdated looking or just covered in mold and mildew, filled with broken tiles, bathtub or shower, right? The thing that just is an eyesore that's been bugging you for a while. If that describes you, you've got to call my friends at the Bath Authority. They provide the highest quality bathroom remodeling products, and they're also going to provide you with a world-class customer experience. These are modern, durable tubs and showers they've got, and they've got an exclusive high-tech polymer liner. Long story short, that polymer liner is going to help it last for decades, that new shower or that new tub, whatever you get. Plus, it comes with a lifetime warranty. They do it all, walk-in tubs, replacement showers, tub-to-shower conversions, so much more. Right now, what you need to do is schedule your free in-home estimate today and get $1,000 off a new shower or bath plus 36 months of interest-free financing. TheBathAuthority.com. A better bath awaits.